Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, mom to Skylar, my incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast five years ago was that the content of each episode brings hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I sincerely hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life underscore Lori Hellman. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes or Audible, please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season five of Living the Sky Life. Welcome back for another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today is Shannon Urquiola. She is the proud mom of two children, now young adults. Her son Jordan is 27 and her daughter Madison is 25 years old. Jordan was diagnosed with autism when he was five years old. She acts as his primary caregiver and guardian. Shannon founded Not Your Average Autism Mom out of a desire to create what she wished she would have had available earlier in her journey raising Jordan. There are many therapies and services available for children on the spectrum, but having traveled this parenting journey for over two decades, she continues to see the need to support their caregivers along the way. Shannon is a master certified life and parent coach, working exclusively with moms raising autistic children. She provides families and educators with resources and information via her Not Your Average Autism Mom weekly podcast, Let's Talk Autism monthly newsletter, their signature free course, Unburdened, Finding Balance, Living Alongside Autism, and a private membership exclusively for female caregivers. Shannon shares her lived experiences in hopes of creating a more accepting and inclusive world for our children on the spectrum. You can connect with Shannon on her Not Your Average Autism Mom social media sites or her website. So please enjoy my conversation with Shannon. This episode is brought to you by Mia Via Toys, a brand dedicated to creating toys and learning aids for kids with autism and other developmental challenges. My son Skylar has almost every toy from Mia Via, and a few of our favorites are definitely the sensory-weighted plush octopus named Quigley and the plush elephant named Ellie. Heck, my daughter even took the mini Quigley to college. One of the coolest new offerings is the Line and Learn Cars set, which includes 20 cars and a fold-up parking lot. To check out all the incredible products, visit Toys. that's M-E-A-V-I-A-T-O-Y-S dot com, and use promo code SKYLIFE15 to receive 15% off your first order. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. My guest today, I finally had the chance to actually talk to and meet. Um, several weeks ago, I was on a live with her on her platform, Not Your Average Autism Mom, which we'll talk about a little bit more here in a little bit. Um, but welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm so glad that we got the chance to connect. I know. We have so many mutual virtual friends. <laughs> it's like, do. how do you even phrase that anymore? Because I don't know in person. I haven't met a lot of the people, but I think you just attended uh, Adrian's event. So you got to meet a lot of people maybe that you I hadn't did. met before. I did. It was great. Yes, yeah. it was super good. It's great to meet people in person that share a similar life to ours. 
Yeah. Right? And you know, I think that was the thing with us. Like our lives were, are really, there's a lot of mirroring in our stories, you know, yours mm -hmm. and mine. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's dive into your story. So for people that aren't familiar with you and your son, Jordan, who is 27, can you tell us a little bit about just your family and a little bit about Jordan growing up and then how, who he is today as a, an adult man? <laughs> sure, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's kind of funny. Lori and I started our conversation off this morning of me telling her how he had to have a shower do over this morning. Um, <laughs> he is 27. Um, I am mom to two amazing young adults. Jordan is 27 on the spectrum and was diagnosed um, when he was five years old. Um, at that time, they diagnosed PDD NOS, right? Love Pervasive it. developmental <laughs> delay. Um, and at that time, they told us like they didn't diagnose autism until nine years old like that was the earliest that they would diagnose autism what? at that time but they ended up he did get a diagnosis um just shortly after the pdd nos because i really pushed for that diagnosis because he had started kindergarten and that wasn't a good setting and situation and he needed more individualized care. Um, and then he also has a younger sister, Madison, who is 25 now. And um, Jordan was, I, I always say, I always wished that I got the nice autistic child, right? The, the one that was nice, that everyone loved and was just really sweet. And that, that was exists. just not- no, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because I have a couple of moms in my membership and I'm like, oh, why didn't I have a child like Nikki? You know, he's so sweet. Um, but Jordan always had behavioral challenges. Um, always from second grade teacher quitting because he threw chairs and flipped over tables. And mm. uh, he it was very, um, Jordan is, he is, he speaks, so he's verbal, but he's not communicative. Okay. So he doesn't communicate with his words. Even at 27, he still would never come home today and tell me a story about what happened during his day. So you know, I say that, you know, yes, he is verbal or he is speaking, but he's really not, you is know, it more and, like two or three word kind of conversations back and forth it's, or it's more Lori about talking at me. Okay. So he will tell somebody what he wants to tell them, but he's not conversational. So there's not a lot of back and forth conversation and there is literally no storytelling. Hi, how was your day? Fine that's all you get. You know, mm -hmm. what did you do today? Nothing, <laughs> you know, still at this point. Yeah. Um, and so growing up, it was very, very difficult because school didn't know what to do with him. I mean, they looked to me for answers that I didn't have. And I think that was probably my biggest challenge was that, you know, the phone calls about this is what he did. What should we do? And I was like, I don't know. Aren't you guys the experts? Like mm -hmm. he was my first kid. Like, I don't know what to tell you to do, which is what actually led me to get into special education advocacy, because I knew that if I didn't figure this out and understand that he, he was not going to be successful. There are and a lot so, of moms who've gone into that because yeah. 
of their own children. She's trying to figure out your own child. And then once you learn all that stuff, like why not share the, share the wealth with (laughs) other parents? Exactly what happened is I was like, you know, I have figured this out and you know, with a last name, like Urkiola, everyone in the school district knew who we were, right? (laughs) They saw that name and they were like, oh no, like here she comes, you know, again. And I think that, and I, I had to do that for him because he was not going to make it if I didn't. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was an eloper. Um, he's very impulsive. Uh, if he wants something or wants to go see something, he's fast when he wants to be. And especially then, you know, they lost him in the elevator. He escaped from, you know, every locked playground there was, you know, so that, that was all very tough. And, um, so growing up was very difficult and, um, I actually, actually divorced, um, their father when Jordan was five and Madison was three. And it's I funny because gonna... we talked about that. I mean, I, I, we do have so much in common, even the ages yes, um, yes. of your kids being two years apart and then your divorce at three and five, similar to mine. I mean, and yeah, we can get right into it. I mean, that's one of the reasons with you and I connecting um, that I wanted you to be on specifically this part of my uh, podcast series on marriage and relationships, because as I've said before, I don't think enough moms particularly talk about marriages that end in divorce. And I think people commonly think it's because of autism. It's because of our children. And it's not, there were underlying issues in our relationship anyway. And I don't know about yours, um, that we're already kind of festering and that just kind of that extra added stress just puts it over the top. Um, but, but I, I love people who are vocal about that situation and then coming out of it on the other side with an amazing partner and just, um, you know, helping other other moms who might be in that same scenario of not sure if they should divorce and all of the stress that comes with being a single mom and all of that. So um, please, please continue. I want to hear kind of how that transpired for you and how you got the courage to to make sure get the divorce. You know, and, and I will tell you, it was, um, it was a very hard decision. I mean, we had just built a house. We were in the process of like, we had literally had the hole dug for our pool in the backyard when I said, I want a divorce. (laughs) And, um, it, you know, I think Lori, my whole thing was, and yes, we know, we hear the statistics about, you know, uh, marriages with autism in the family ending in divorce. No, that wasn't the reason. Um, like you said, I think there were a lot of underlying things. And I think my, the biggest push for me was I wanted to do it when they were young because I knew if I stayed that I would do it later and it would be much harder. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, we had just built this house, we were building a pool, all the things, I just knew in that moment, if I don't do it now, I'm going to do it later and it's going to be w- much worse. Um, and it was, it was very, very hard. I mean, I, I will just say, um, first of all, it was a hard decision for me to make, but yet because I was so, I felt so strongly about not wanting to do it when they were older and would remember it. I, it was easier for me. He had a very hard time. It was very, very difficult for him emotionally um, just everything was did very he not hard for him. See it coming. I mean, is, is no. it not anything he wanted? 
No. Okay. I gotcha. It, it was not. And, um, but he knew that I had made the decision. Mm -hmm. And so I will say that we did divorce. Our divorce was very streamlined. I filed all the paperwork. We did not have lawyers involved. Like we did everything. We yeah. went to the courthouse together. We actually went to lunch after we got divorced. That day. <laughs> same with so us. <laughs> it, all of it was the exact same. We, we shared an crazy? attorney to do the paperwork and we didn't, I didn't contest anything. He didn't contest anything. We made a list of what we wanted to keep in the house and who was getting what. And it was a business transaction, yes, which is yes. all the more reason it was a good decision on my part. Cause <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. And I felt the same way. And now I did. Um, I did leave him the house. Yeah. Um, I saw, I quit claim deed, deeded him the house because you know what, that it was his house. Like mm -hmm. he, that was a house he really wanted and I was okay starting over. Um, and so we divorced and we co-parented together for, you know, years to come. They lived solely with me, but okay. they did visit him. Um, you know, he is an always has been the fun dad, mm. you know, like take them to the movies, go to Disney world, you know, th that's what he does. And still to this day, um, they're getting ready to go on a trip to go see him, um, which is a whole nother thing, but they're going to, you know, universal studios and Halloween horror nights. That's just the kind of dad that he has always been. He's always been that fun dad, which is good because that's not really my thing. Like well, I don't, don't have time because you're managing all the other stuff. The, Exa <laughs> the exactly. Stuff. Exactly. And so when I divorced him, um, I got into another relationship, uh, short term for a couple years that was, um, very negative for me in many ways, but it was also very positive for Jordan. And I will say that because the relationship that I got in at that time, uh, he, he was more like a big kid. So he handled Jordan really well, where, um, Jordan's father at the time was resisting autism. You know, mm -hmm. it was, it was very, he didn't want, of course, you know, he just did, he wanted to think that he was going to get past it, mm -hmm. that this was just something that he would grow out of. And when I got in this other relationship, he was willing to take him to Home Depot and take him to the grocery store and take him places where I'd never had that before. That relationship was short-lived. Um, it was very toxic. And then from that point on, I said, no more. I am not looking for a relationship. I'm going to be, you know, completely just a mom because that's what I need to be. I did not have um, a good childhood growing up. I didn't have good stable parents. Um, you know, there was a lot of alcohol involved and uh, it was just messy. Right. And so I never wanted to, I wasn't going to be that mom. Mm -hmm. And so I made the decision that I would be a single mom until my children were grown and out of the house. And so my current husband that I'm married to now, uh, Dave, who is amazing. We, I was actually thinking last night, I was like, how old were they? Well, Dave and I started dating in 2008. So, um, so Madison was 10 and Jordan was 12. And when we started dating, I said to him, listen, just so you know, like, I'm not looking to get into a committed 
uh, live in relationship, get married, nothing until my kids are grown. So I said, you know, you, we can date and you can hang around, but I'm not doing anything until Madison graduates high school, which was 2016. <laughs> so he waited quite a while. Um, well, and you're worth say, it. So that's nice. <laughs> you know what? It was worth it. We dated and he had his home and I had mine in Florida and, you know, he'd come for dinner, but he never spent the night. My kids never woke up to him in our house. It was just something that I was just committed to. And then when Madison graduated high school in 2016 and was going away to college, I said, listen, I'm going to move to Blairsville, Georgia, little town in the mountains of Georgia, North Carolina. And I said, you know, I would love for you to go with me, but you would have to retire. He worked for Publix for 38 years. And I said, there's no Publix there. So, you know, and so the plan was originally I was going to move here and he was going to travel back and forth. And there were just some medical things that came up for him before I was moving. And so he decided to move with me. And in 2016, the U-Haul came to his house and picked up all of his stuff and came to our house and picked up all of our stuff and we moved here. And so, you know, it's it's been amazing. It, I think it was definitely God's plan because we, we would have never lasted had we tried it when Jordan was, you know, in middle school and high mm -hmm. school. It was so challenging that, um, you know, his behaviors were so challenging through those years that Dave would have never, I could have never allowed somebody else to enter behind our closed doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it was just very, very, very hard time. How did Jordan mainly do with the divorce and seeing his dad, you know, just occasionally on, you know, vacations or weekends or whenever you guys like figured that out. My, my biggest concern that I still have, um, because I don't know, Skylar can't tell me yet how, um, it affected him. We did week to week custody, um, split everything down the middle 50, 50. Uh, so it was Monday to, um, Monday. So when they would go to school, the next person would pick them up. I didn't want it to be like a split week because I just was worried. They were little, obviously three and five, two. And as they got older and Kendall got more involved in dance and things, I was like, don't, if it's like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday switch, she's going to end up leaving her stuff at her dad's and we're going to have to constantly be going to each other's house. And I don't really want any more interaction with him than I need. <laughs> so, but I just worried about Skylar, like having two bedrooms and having, really two sets of rules and like life because I like you was the I had the pecs book everywhere we went and I was trying to get him to be more independent with holding his toothbrush and just doing all the things and my ex was not involved in it when we lived together and he didn't have any interest in doing any of the things so I think that's one of the reasons potty training never took for us. I mean, because there was in large part because of Skylar too, but yeah, because you can't do week on intensive potty training and then they go to the other house and they don't do any of it. And he's just in pull-ups the whole time. So I just feel like Skylar got sabotaged a little bit. And I felt guilty about that. Very right. guilty about that. So did Jordan have behaviors that increased or anything that you kind of felt was because of the you know, arrangement he different? only see I ours was different so we mm -hmm. weren't week on week off which was definitely I think um better for them they would go see their dad two weekends a month 
So literally I would meet him on Friday and I'd meet him on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So like they, you know, that was basically when they would see him as two weekends a month. So no, I don't, we didn't have any of that really. And again, they were little. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the same as they got older, um, you probably had the same thing with Kendall that I had with Madison, you know, there were times when she had stuff going on. And so she didn't, you know, it gets to the point where I don't want to go to my dad's this weekend, because I want to go here, I want to have my friends over. And I think that was more challenging. But for Jordan, Jordan is very, you know, socially, he's not social. So he you know, I always say if he could just talk to one person the rest of his life, that would be me. And he'd be perfectly <laughs> fine with that, like literally. Um, but he he never had any struggles like that. Now, I will say that um, as he's gotten older, he has, you know, we moved here in 2016. This is 23. They're getting ready to go to their dads. Um, this is only the third time since we've lived here that he has gone down to see his dad. So his sister said that uh, the last time they were there that she could tell that like he was uncomfortable, that he he is just more comfortable being with me. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. Well, it and she sense. said, I, yes. I really think that mom, when you're not around, he's just really uncomfortable. And he knows dad loves him. Like I tell him that, you know, on the regular, but he also has very heightened anxiety when something is going to happen. So, um, you know, he, I would catch him like when he knew he was going to go in the morning, he would wake up and he would be saying very negative, mean things like in his room, just to himself that I've never said, but he was old enough to be able to you know, say those things. And so, but that, I know that was his anxiety, you know, like leading up to being gone from me and being with his dad, even though I know when he's doing those things with him, he's having a great time. Look, Halloween Horror Nights is his favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> That's great. He that knows I'm not going to go with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big chicken. Me too. That stuff scares me to death. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Same. Well, how does Dave, it's Dave, right? Your husband? Uh-huh. How how did they do initially um, when he first, you know, met the kids and interacted with with Jordan? Did he take did he just kind of like sit back and observe you a little bit just to kind of see or did did he and Jordan yeah. hit it off from the from the first day? Well, you know, like I said, Jordan's not social. So it's not like there was, um, you know, a relationship building. Like I think through those years from 2008 to 2016, you know, Jordan was 12 to 20. So he was, Dave would come over for dinner, you know, we'd go out somewhere and Jordan would go with us. I think Dave was really just monitoring and paying attention to our relationship, to how I um, interacted with him. And then when we moved here and moved in together, Jordan was 21. So he was an adult. So Dave never had to take on really that father role because Jordan was 21, but he did have to take on the authoritative role, right? Mm -hmm. Like these are the rules. This is what we do. Um, Dave is going to be part of our lives. Like we had to have that conversation of, of pretty, um, you know, seriousness that if I'm not here and Dave says something, that's the rule. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think there was some, there was probably some resistance during those, those initial, you know, year or two. And now we're at the point where, I mean, Dave says that Jordan's better when I'm gone. That's than funny. when I'm here. So never, you know, Lori, you were just talking about, I just went to, you know, the tales weekend with Adrian and never in all my years, did I ever think that I'd be able to leave my child for mm -hmm. five days or seven days, you know, with somebody and Dave is, you know, basically the only other person that he's ever been left with for an extended period of time. And they do great together. Oh, that's awesome. Dave helps him be more independent than I do. I am super mm -hmm. guilty and I talk about it all the time. You know, I think it's the mom in us, right? We're protective of them. Um, you know, there's times when I'll be in my office and I'll hear like something going on out there and I want to go interject because it's like, I want to rescue him from whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to just tell myself they're fine. They do this with, when you're not here, stop interjecting because that's why he's so attached to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be hard, you know, future projections like to break that because obviously you're not going to be here forever. And that's my biggest fear too, is trying to engage Skylar with people outside of Josh and myself, because he's used to just us too. Yeah. And I, I don't want him to rely on us forever because that's just not reality. Um, but how do you let go enough <laughs> of the, it, I mean, I, I am attached at the hip to that kid, even yeah, though it drives too. me crazy that he needs me so much. I need him too, if I'm being honest. And I just don't know how I just can't anticipate how horrible it's going to be for me. I'm worried about him, but I, it's me that it's probably going to have a worse time, you know, breaking free of him. You know, it's funny you say that because last, just last night, you know, Jordan will, he will go into his, he has a living room area that's his own. And so he'll go in there at night and Dave and I will be in our living room and we'll hear him. And it, I mean, he, talks to himself and <laughs>, laughs and cracks like he no one would ever doubt that he's happy when he's in there and i just looked at dave and i said like this is our life right and and we feel so blessed but i said i looked at him and i said can you imagine like if we didn't have him like i feel like mm -hmm. i literally feel like our life would be so boring <laughs> i'm mm -hmm. like and again, like you said, because we're so attached, but he's 27, but mm -hmm. yet it's just, this is our life. And like, I feel like it, it would be so weird if he wasn't here. Yeah. I think it's the, for, for me, it's the constant state of, um, Skylar's childishness, I guess. And just how much he appreciates like the littlest things I, I just told him over the weekend, like just kind of randomly, my favorite part of the day is going in his room and waking him up in the morning. Cause I hear him, he's up and we give him a medication and we leave him for a few minutes and we come back do a shower and stuff. And I walk in and he pops right up. We have a Dutch door, a half a Dutch door over his bed. And he puts his arms on there and he's just like, it's like, Hey bartender. I mean, he just <laughs> has the biggest smile on his face. And I'm like, good morning. And he just laughs. He's just so happy about life and to be awake and to start the day. And I just, that's the part of him that I'm going to miss so much if he doesn't live here is, yeah. you know, just waking him up in the morning and being the first person to see his smile. But the days where he hits me all day, I'm like, right. man, I can't wait. 
he's not <laughs> exactly him one, i'm not gonna have to do this one day like so it's kind of an even trade <laughs> yeah those are the things we have to get used to um well when you met dave though did you um just kind of come with it in the very beginning and say hey listen i have a a son who's on the spectrum and you know whatever just kind of the package deal like i explained that i said to josh <laughs> i did I, I didn't want him to run halfway through us really getting to know each other and i liked him and i'm like please please don't run so i just told him day one yeah i um i told dave right just like you i told dave right from the beginning which which was the reason that i told him that i was not willing to bring somebody else into our world because mm -hmm. Jordan was 12 and I had been dealing with those negative behaviors and I knew the teenage years were, you know, going to be much harder. And I, so I told him like, look, this is, you know, we have autism. I don't know what that's going to look like. I can tell you that the, the battles and the things that I'm dealing with now are not fun. And it's just not something that, you know, I'm willing to allow somebody else to come in and experience. Um, but I want you to know about it because if you decide to stay, then this is going to be our reality, right? Like Jordan is not going anywhere. He's, you know, likely going to be. And at that point, I was suspectful that he would be with me forever, but he was 12. I didn't really come to that realization really until he was probably 14 or 15 when it really hit me. And I think at that point, Dave and I had deeper conversations because obviously I said, look, this is, this is my path mm -hmm. and, um, I'm going to be a forever mom. And this isn't your path. Like you, you don't have to say yes to this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, lucky enough, he said yes to it. I know there's so many good men out there. I mean, people tease me all the time. And they're like, does Josh have any brothers? Or like, where are all the Joshes? Where's my Josh? And Dave too, There, people are out there. I think you just, I, I mean, I relate so much to you saying, um, I just came to this conclusion. Like, I'm just going to focus on being a mom and focus on myself and my life. And when I did that too, that's when I met Josh. I don't think if I had been on match.com and I was like looking and right. that always turned out terribly for me because these people were duds. <laughs> it's Damn. just like lunch and out. So like, I'm never talking to this person again. I just, I, I didn't care enough about dating to make that my focus. I cared about these little people that were relying on me yeah. to, you know, make sure they had a really good life. So I feel like when you step out of God's way, like the plan unfolds the way it's supposed to. Exactly. It, <clears throat> we joke about the fact that if I had met him years earlier, I don't know that he would have been ready because he was going through his own stuff and dating and like just whatever. And he kind of swore off dating around this time that we met. And he was like, eh, I don't know. When we were introduced, <laughs> like, I Isn't don't know. Isn't that funny? I want to so, talk to it's her. It's so funny because, <laughs> and you know, I have some single moms <clears throat> in our membership and I, I tell them like, listen, when you're not looking is when the right person will come. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important. You know, one of the things, first of all, staying, I don't think staying in a marriage that's not helpful to you or your children is beneficial in any way. And, you know, I have friends that have stayed in marriages that didn't have autism that 
they stayed for the kids. And I, I just, my personal opinion is I don't think that's beneficial for mm. anyone. I don't think it's healthy. I think, you know, walking around a house where no one's communicating for three days because you're fighting is not healthy. And mm -hmm. so I always say that, you know, you can do it on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can find a way to do it on your own. I mean, there were times that I worked three jobs and, you know, just to be able to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I, I was never disappointed that I divorced. Mm -hmm. Like I knew even today, mm -hmm. I know that that was the right thing. And Madison today will tell me like, she doesn't even remember us being together at all, which yeah. is perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Right. I didn't want her to ever remember a messy divorce, you know, every holiday while they were growing up, he would come to our house. Yeah. We did Christmas, we did birthdays. Like we, we, you know, got along for, for the benefit of them. And I think that was very helpful for her. She even says to me today at 25, you know, mom, there's a lot of dysfunctional families out there. And even though you and dad were divorced, I don't look back and feel like our family was dysfunctional in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you, I feel like, I mean, that's what my whole second book is about is my childhood. And I think we bring those experiences and those traumas and all of that stuff to our own parenting journey and our lives. And I, I said to myself exactly that I was mid thirties, three and a five-year-old and I was miserable. And I'm like, I am not going to do what my mom did suffer through hell of a marriage just so that my sister and I would have nice prom dresses and the money to have a nice house and things like that. We would have traded living in a cardboard box for right. staying in that family for our entire lives because of what it's done to us as adults and right. like the stuff we've had to weed through. So it was more important for me to teach, you know, both Kendall and Skylar, but essentially my daughter too, that you don't have to tolerate someone being disrespectful to you or just not loving you, you don't deserve that. You deserve better. And if it's being on your own, that's, that's what you should do. I didn't want to look yeah. back in my fifties and then get a divorce when they were right. in their twenties and then try to find somebody for myself. So I'm not alone for the rest of my life. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm like, it's just, I'll just cut the, rip the bandaid off exactly. at, you know, like, when they're little. Well, and it's, I think a lot of that goes back to you choose your heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, maybe making the decision to get divorced is hard, but staying is hard. So, mm -hmm. you know, balance those out and decide which one, you know, you're worth, which one you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think for you and I, I mean, it was, we're willing to do it now and figure it out. And it might be hard. And, you know, we might have to work three jobs to buy groceries, but you know what, we'll figure it out and we'll be happy. Yeah. And I'll be happy doing it. Yeah. And I think like you and Josh and Dave and I, like, I think we're the perfect examples to our daughters about what happiness looks like in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have Madison, fun. <laughs> right? Exactly. And, yeah. and we, we do too. And Dave and I, like Madison will tell people like, oh, if we're going out with them, like, just get ready because they talk to everyone. <laughs> they make up stories. Like we just have fun. You know, we're a happy, we have a happy life. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. 
So you had mentioned, um, and for the people who follow you and, and know, you have um, a membership group and a podcast, but you have a platform that's not your average autism mom where you do a podcast, you have a membership group. And can you tell people kind of what <clears throat> is involved in that membership? And if conversations like this come up in addition to other things and, and what all is entailed with that? Sure. So when, so I talked about when Jordan was in second grade, um, I, it, the educational thing was just really bad and I knew that I had to figure it out. So I spent 10 years um, building an educational advocacy company, um, learning everything I could about special education. And then um, when Jordan was 14 or 15, um, I uh, started working with a life coach and it literally changed my life. I mean, I was, I didn't, I had never been taught the things that I was learning about how my brain works and all of these things. And so um, when I decided it was time for me to move on from the advocacy company, I and I worked with all families, right, with all different disabilities, um, differing abilities from, you know, Down syndrome, Potter Willie, like mm -hmm. autism, like all kinds of things, dyslexia. But I knew that, you know, my what I knew was autism. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I really wanted to work with autism moms. Um, and I knew that, like, I wanted to build what I didn't have when I was raising Jordan, right? I wanted, I wanted a community that understood. I wanted to, a place to talk about things that were happening behind closed doors that I had no one to talk to about because no one would understand that I was sleeping on a pillow outside of his door because he didn't sleep. You know, that I had locks on all my cabinets, that I had doors, locks that were reversed, that the fire department would have a heart attack if they knew I had done that, you know? And um, so there were all these things that I didn't have a community. And then I knew the coaching piece was important because I knew what it had done for my life. And I wanted to share that with other moms that were on this same journey, um, learning to manage their emotions and their the way they were feeling in moments of chaos, you know, knowing that this is a bumpy road and there's going to be times when, you know, they fall down in the middle of the parking lot and everyone's staring at you. You get to decide how you're going to show up in that moment. Mm -hmm. And you can say, you know, this sucks. This is chaos, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? I'm just going to be here and this is terrible. Um, and then the other piece was, I also knew that spe the special education piece was so important. So I wanted all three of those in one place, right? Community coaching and um, advocacy. And there wasn't any place that had all three. And so somebody told me years ago that, and this is just something that always stuck with me. Sometimes you have to build what you want for mm -hmm. yourself. And so I decided to build it and I wanted to make sure that it was affordable for most families um, because coaching can be very expensive. Advocacy is very expensive. Um, you know, community, you can find community out there, but a lot of the communities that are out there are not, and I'll just say this, are not, they're not connected at the level that we are because we're not a community of 5,000. 
And so we all literally know each other on a personal level. Like we know each other's kids and we have moms from all over the country. Um, but we spend a lot of time together. I do coaching every month, twice a month. We have coffee talks where we meet. Um, we have happy hours where we meet. We, um, we have education hours where if you're having um, challenges with education, you can get on and ask your education questions to our advocate, who's our director of education. Um, and we have a whole portal of training and resources on just so many things that they're going to need along their journey. And it's all for it's $44 a month. So it's literally $11 a week. Mm -hmm. um, and I will tell you, I just did a, I just did a, a podcast and a video with some of our members who have been with me a year, two years and three years, we've been open three years. And so I have members that have been with me from the very beginning. And what they talked about was the community is the biggest thing for them. Like mm -hmm. they feel like, you know, they're seen and they're heard, whether they've had a good day or a bad day, they know they can come in and get support from other moms who really know what they're dealing with. Cause we've been on this journey with them. Right. Um, and then the coaching piece is, and I had several of them say, you know, when I joined, I didn't realize how beneficial the coaching piece would be for me. Like, how, is that one-on-one? -on -one? Well, no, it's group coaching. Okay. Okay. It's group coaching. So every month I do a masterclass where I teach them something. And then once a month I do open coaching where they can come on and get coached about, you know, anything that they have going on in their life. And I coach on everything from, you know, organization to marriages, to relationships with, you know, siblings or, um, you know, anything that's going on in their life. So it, it has been very beneficial. And I've had several of them. They really want me to open up and do one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I just haven't with building it. I don't have the capacity to do that right now. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't have a huge team or anything like that yet. So, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so yeah, that's what we do. And then I do have a podcast that, um, that I do weekly. Um, and then I do community collectives, which is what I did with you, which mm -hmm. is basically, those are our Facebook lives where I want to share other people within the autism community that are, um, you know, what they're doing good in the autism world. That's awesome. I mean, it's just, it never, um, it surprises me all the time, but it also never surprises me that when I have people on that are parents and usually it's moms, no offense to dads, but right. um, who, who identify a need for something like what you've done and they create it, you know, whether it's a group home, they build it, right. whether it's like, you know, right. the stuff that you're talking about, the resources and with you having, um, a child quote unquote, um, because he's an adult yeah. at that age, it's such a wealth of resources because that's why I even started my podcast before I wrote my book and did some of those things. Cause I was trying to find you. I was trying yeah. to find the people that were ahead of me to ask questions about the future things because I was stumbling upon puberty and all of these things before I met anybody who had a child that had gone through it. Yeah. And, and I, I use my voice. I feel like it's our obligation of having older kids to give back to the parents that are just getting the diagnosis today and yes. that are, you know, in the elementary years and they're still trying to navigate things because as we know, it changes every 
day, practically you're not yes. sleeping, then they're sleeping. There's <laughs> always something and it'll be, it'll revolve around your child. And yes, yes. It's always, you know, and I always say, you know, depending on what season you're in, you know, mm -hmm. like our podcast, I tell people, listen, it's not in any particular order. It's just what I feel like talking about. Yeah. And, um, and so go in and scroll through until you find something that resonates with where you are in your journey. Because, and I think, yeah, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, these young moms are getting this diagnosis and while they're very lucky that the internet is here and it's vast, there's also a lot of not so good information mm -hmm. out there, you know? And, and I think that, you know, that's another thing, like you go to the, you know, developmental pediatrician or neuropsychologist or whatever. And they say, yep, your child has autism. Good luck. I mean, they're still, yeah, that's all you still, get still, still mm -hmm. to the, to this day, which mm -hmm. amazes me. And I'm like, you know, I just feel like there was, and I always say, you will find therapies and resources and things like that for your child, but you need to take care of you along this journey, because mm -hmm. if you don't take care of you, you know, parent burnout is a real thing. Caregiver burnout is a real thing. And so taking care of yourself is so important along the way. And so our membership is really for them. It's for them because we know that if they understand special education, their child is going to get the services and education they need. Mm -hmm. If they have the community support that they need, they're going to feel seen and heard and supported. And if they have the coaching tools and resources to make even those bad moments a little easier, it's going to help their journey. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, there's bad information, there's contradictory information. And I think the one thing that I always try to help parents understand is early intervention is key, but just pace yourself. It's not like you have to hurry and catch them up or meet some arbitrary timeline that the doctor or whoever told you, like, if they're not doing this by this age, it's right. a lost cause because that that's the stuff that ruined it for me. I was so focused on getting Skylar potty trained by four or five, because if I didn't do it then, well, shit, he's 20 and he's yeah. not totally trained. So and we're surviving just fine. <laughs> but I, I spent so much time focusing on every little milestone that he was missing mm -hmm. that I just, I missed a lot of him just being a kid and revealing for me how he better learned things, holding utensils, whatever it was. Instead of making him try to do it the way he's quote unquote supposed to, supposed to, I, I just letting him be him and me learning about him and how to help him in, in the ways that he needed me to. So I just don't want people to be overwhelmed feeling that this right. is now a full-time job a with a four-year-old. journey. Mm -hmm. You have to pace yourself. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that I really focus on and I would, I'm really focused on one of our moms right now who I'm working with very closely, um, being present, mm -hmm. right? Like just be present. Like when you're there with him for the weekend and you're not going out to the pumpkin patch or, you know, all the stuff that you see all the families doing on Facebook, it's okay. Like he's not missing that you are right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. be present with him because he's happy crawling all over you on the floor. Yeah, that's very you know, true. It's all about perspective. It's not it about is. you. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to not make it about you, but it is. That's a big, it's not about swallow, you. <laughs> but it's really like, you have to really like enter their world and, and be part of that present. Um, and I'll tell you, Lori, I mean, 
Jordan has made the most progress in his adult in the last five years yeah. than he ever has. I hear I that mean, so I, much. I'm seeing I it with Skylar too. Yeah. I sometimes have to pinch myself because I'm like, was that just that easy? Like he's 27. Now, granted, uh, this is the stuff that I wanted to happen at 13, 14 of and course. 15. Yeah. That's happening at 27. But, mm -hmm. you know, so many people basically just told me that, you know, I mean, once he's 18, I mean, forget it, he's done. Like you're, he's not going to learn anymore. He's not going to, and that is wrong, mm -hmm. wrong, wrong, more yeah. growth in adulthood than I've ever seen in his entire journey. Yep. I, I've seen so many things with Skylar just in this last year, even too. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that's the other thing with relationships in general, um, just kind of touching back on that, that I'm, I was guilty of, and, and sometimes still am is when you get online and yes, there are a lot of resources now, which is great um, to ask your questions about autism and your child and all of that. Just be, be mindful that people who put all the, you know, that they're that the happy reel and the, and the good stuff that they're, they did take their child to the pumpkin patch and the mom and the dad and everybody's smiling and the siblings are playing. And like, it, it just looks like a perfect scenario it probably took them 50 to 60 tries to get that one photo. And I'm sure there was crying and screaming and hitting involved and like all of the things. So don't beat yourself up if you think that somebody's autism situation is better or easier than yours. I think when you said in the beginning, like, why can't I have the nice kid? <laughs> I don't know that there are any kids that ha have it all together every day, nor moms. I right. mean, there are moments that Skylar, I'm so blessed and it's hard to not compare my situation uh, to others who have fecal smearing and things going on that I yes. haven't had to experience. I feel so badly for them and I can't imagine going through that. But, you know, I have hard every days too that our, they don't have to deal with, I'm sure. So yeah, every one of our hard is different, mm -hmm. but we all have them, right? Yeah. We all have them in our own ways. You know, like I was laughing because I was, you know, Jordan was you know he was naughty he was just naughty <laughs> and as he got into his teenage years he had a thing and he would flip the bird like he would flip the bird a hundred times a day we had behavioral charts he would flip the bird at everyone that would look at him or say anything to him that was his go-to he would flip the bird and literally like and you know i've told this story a few times but um when he graduated high school um he graduated with a special diploma in the state of Florida. And Aww. so he was able to walk across the stage. But what they did was they didn't make him, it was in a big arena, the Silver Spurs arena, and they didn't make him sit out in the seats with everyone. They kept him in the back and let him play on his iPad at that time. And we thought that was going to be really good. And he would be the last one. They'd bring him out, let him walk across. And Lori, I were sitting in the arena and I see them walk him out and I can just tell his body language, you know, I'm like, this is not going to be good. This is, mm. this is absolutely not going to be good. And I can just see his body tensing and him moving. And he literally walked up on the stage, got his diploma and flipped the bird the whole way across the stage to the whole audience. I love it. <laughs> well, well, let Screw me just this tell place. you, my daughter's phone was 
literally text message blowing up. Your brother is the coolest ever. And of course, I'm telling everyone he was giving You're the probably longhorn mortified. sign. He was giving the longhorn sign. That's what I went with. But I, we literally have a picture of him on stage in a cap and gown in the middle of the arena, flipping the bird across the stage. I'm sure there are plenty of kids there that graduated that wanted to do the same thing. That wanted thing to do it, right? At but the administration the, or something. <laughs> Jordan was always the one that got away with stuff, right? Because he was Jordan. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that is, if that isn't like a perfect description of our kids just being who they are, right. I don't like know what he is. Could, he could have cared less who was out there, how many people were out there. It did not even matter to him. He was I like, I don't want to be here and I'm just going <laughs> to tell everyone that I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, in uh, closing with the bird in mind, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so as I've said, I mean, you've been on this journey uh, seven years longer than me. Um, and you've been married and remarried and single and all of the things. Um, is there anything that you, you know, either tell your, your moms and, and the people in your membership or that, you know, you would just want to share with the listeners about, you know, what you've learned about yourself as a person, as a mom, just kind of going through all of the things we're always wiser as the years go on and we learn Absolutely. from our mistakes and things. Um, so is there anything you would tell anyone maybe who's out there just kind of struggling to feel put together or like get through these times of either marriage or their child that they're struggling right now? Yeah, I think um, number one, again, I think you have to choose your heart. So if you're contemplating leaving a marriage that's not good, think about staying is going to be as hard as leaving. So I think that you have to choose your hard. Um, I also think that um, choosing to put your children first, um, that was, I think, one of the best things that I ever did for me uh, is I chose to put them first because I, growing up, my parents did not put me first. And I, that was something that I always swore that I was going to do because mm -hmm. I was, um, because I wasn't. And, um, and so I think, uh, that, but I will also say that you have to be, find your happiness within yourself before you can find happiness with somebody else. Um, the way you talk to yourself is very important. Pay mm -hmm. attention to the things that you're saying to yourself. I always tell my moms, like, I know there's parts of this journey that are hard. I've been through them. But when you're telling yourself day in and day out how hard everything is, that's all you're going to see. Yep. So you have to look for the good moments. You know, you have to look for the moments that were a little easier than last time. Because when you start to look for those moments, you'll start to see them more easily. I love that. What a great reminder. I mean, it's perspective. It's all about perspective. Yeah, it and is, it is, <clears throat> it is perspective and it is, you know, and I tell people, look, my coaching is not about, uh, you know, positive thinking or being happy all the time, or we don't have <laughs> mantras that we say, like <clears throat> we're living life and life is 50, 50. And some days are just not good. You know, it's just how it is. And, but again, you just have to know that you've gotten through so many of them and while they may look different you'll get through these too and more times than not you're an inspiration to other people whether you know it or not 
because they are watching you like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> so, oh, that's lovely. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> yes. Find exactly. something to smile about every single day and you'll Absolutely. be okay. And you know what? Be proud of yourself. You know, I tell people, you know, I, I tell myself on a pr pretty regular basis that I'm amazing. I don't need somebody else to tell me I'm amazing. <laughs> I just tell myself, and even when I don't believe it, it just definitely feels pretty good. It does. It does. So, you know, <laughs> even, you know, and, and I, I tell my moms, look, write down three reasons you were a great mom today. Mm -hmm. Look, it might be because I fed my kids dinner <laughs> because I went through and, you know, I took a shower. I, right. <laughs> I'm just I took a shower. No, but exactly. Right. And, and so, you know, and I, I was this mom that I'm working with pretty closely. It's funny you say that I took a shower because she's like, some days I don't shower. And I said, okay, does that make you a bad mom? No, some days good moms don't shower, <laughs> right? That's yeah. okay. Give yourself grace. And, and you know what? And the days that you do shower, celebrate that. I was a good mom today because I showered. I think that's going to be my quote for this episode is good moms sometimes don't take showers. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. It's that true. wraps it all up for me. It's true. It's true. Right? Oh man. Shannon, I swear we are like kindred spirits. We have yes. even our childhoods. We got to, we got to dive more into that. We do. Um, Listen, there's so many similarities about your book. Yeah, I can't wait. It's in the editing stage right now. Um, so, and my sister is also helping edit and fact check because she has a steel <laughs> trap of a memory. I mean, it's yeah, ridiculous that's my how problem. She my memory is not like super yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm I'm anxious for it to come out. So, anywho, <laughs> well, thank you so very much, and I will link up your um not your average autism mom uh information so people can Perfect. reach out to you and e express more interest in your membership and listen to your podcast and all the things you've got going on and thank you so much for being such a positive influence in this community we we need more Aww. moms speaking out and helping each other and all of that absolutely so I, I that's what it. it's all about that's what it's all about and i think sharing our stories that's what it does right mm -hmm. and uh, just real quick before we close i just wanted to say so i um I was just thinking about, because I have a lot of people say to me all the time, you know, is this going to be me when my child is 27 and their child's six? And <laughs> I just want to say my journey is not necessarily going to be anyone else's journey. Like yeah. your child may go off to a college program, you know, your child, there's so many things that they might do, right. but just, I always say, but if not, just know that it's not that bad. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, yeah, I'm living a pretty happy life, even though I'm raising my 27 year old son. Because again, to what you said, it's a choice. Yes. I choose to not, you know, wallow in, oh, woe is me. Skylar me. can't speak. And, you know, he's living with me. It, I would rather have him not be, you know, arrested or like drunk driving right. or That's doing right. something that I have to worry about him. So we had totally different worries for our sons versus our daughters, I right? Know. Like driving the first time, going to college, going to parties. Like we didn't have to worry about any of that with our sons. I know it. I just <laughs> had to worry about it once. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Same. Well, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Lori. You too. Take care. I hope you enjoyed Bye. this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast 
within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share living the skylight with others. Thanks again for listening.